Dateline, July 12, 2009. Well, g'day folks, it's Steve Fisher here at the Airplane Geeks Australia desk talking to you from a wet and windy Melbourne, Australia this week. And this is Grant McCarran, also from the Australia desk. And yes, because it's wet and windy, my feet are firmly on the ground. And here's our weekly wrap-up of aviation news from the land down under this week. Our first story this week is dealing once again with the Emirates Airlines A340 tail strike and uh, we have an article in the Sunday Herald Sun by Ellen Winnett and she's been talking to the captain of the Emirates jet. Now she hasn't named the captain or more to the point he doesn't want to be named. The story reads the uh, pilot at the controls of, of an Emirates jet that almost crashed at Melbourne Airport has revealed how he saved 275 lives. Breaking a four month silence the pilot told how he managed to wrench the fully loaded plane into the air just seconds before it almost crashed. The pilot says he still doesn't know how he got it off the ground and he thought he was going to die. Uh, it was that close. He goes on to say that it was the worst thing in 20 years of flying and it was the worst thing I felt but thank God we got it off the ground safely. The pilot's described here as a 42 year old European man. Goes on to talk about how uh, realising that the plane uh, did not have enough speed to get off the ground with the co-pilot or the first officer at the controls. To the last second the pilot engaged uh, the TOGA takeoff go around procedure. Basically fired while the throttles and got the plane off the ground. Now we've talked about this several times before but this is the first time we've actually heard from the pilot yeah, I think the kicker here is towards the end of the article where despite the ATSB having said that fatigue was not a factor because the pilots had flown less than the 100 hours maximum they're allowed per month, Captain states that he had only slept for three and a half hours in the past 24. Now that, I've got to say, is just bad. That's really bad. You are fatigued. That's the issue that has been speculated about here in the local media for really ever since this happened. Now there, there was talk about the, uh, the ground crew placing the wrong data in the uh, flight management computer prior to takeoff with regard to weight and balance. Emirates is saying here that there's uh, four layers of checks that should have picked up that error in the cockpit by the flight crew and failure to do so was quite unquote perplexing. Yeah, look, the, this whole thing of, of air crew fatigue is a big hot potato right now. Um, in the US you've got the Colgan Air crash. Here you've got this one from Emirates and like we said the other time we talked about this where does your rest really start is your rest when your door closes in your hotel room and you get to go to sleep or is your rest certain number amount of hours after your aircraft has touched down the, the pilot says he's been in Mel he had been in Melbourne for 24 hours and yet he'd only slept three and a half hours of that why you know the question is why is it that he'd only slept three and a half hours in 24 and he'd been in Melbourne for 24 uh, was that 24 hours since he landed and it's now 24 hours later he's taking off if he had had that time to sleep why didn't he sleep more in that 24 hours was it yeah. because he was working was it because he'd gone out to the bar with mates was it because he got into his room and because of all the time zone changes he could not sleep yeah, so uh, Grant, that's an, uh, an article. Um, I know we thought we had some closure, and we said we had some closure on it last week when we commented on the plane flying away. However, um, it's it's an issue that keeps coming back with uh, more and more news. So we feel we should continue to report on it, and uh, we'll keep you posted in uh, future reports. Sounds good. Our next article this week, just for something different, we're going to have a look at the world of defence, and uh, we've got an article here talking about the Royal Australian Air Force's purchase of 24 F-18 Super Hornets. It appears is grant that the first one has rolled off the assembly line in St. Louis. Yep, that's correct. It has been reported in a number of places in the media that the uh, first of 24 FA-18F Block 2 Super Hornets for the Royal Australian Air Force has been uh, it's been rolled off in a ceremony at uh, St. Louis, and it's actually three months ahead of schedule, so that's really good news for Boeing, given all the fun they've been having with the wedge tail. Obviously, this project's not being managed by any, any bureaucrats in the Australian government, or it wouldn't be off the line for another six months. True, Cassie, but true. 
Yeah, this, this, this has been reported in a number of places in the media, but I found that the uh, coverage on AV Web was pretty comprehensive. They go into a fair bit of detail and discussions with various people on the uh, what the impact is to the RAF to have these Super Hornets. The fact that the Super Hornets are basically being put together as, as a bridge for the F-35 isn't actually mentioned. They just focus purely on the um, on the Super Hornet. I mean, the Super Hornet's are going to be a great Im- improvement for Australia, and it's really good to have it coming along. It's supposed to be a bridge because of the F-35 delays between the F-111 going and the F-18 winding down itself, the classic. So uh, they needed something to bridge the gap, similar to how we had those F-4 Phantoms for a while while we are waiting for the F-111 to come online. And it's not impossible to predict a future of Super Hornets and F-35s when that eventually comes online. Australia does operate a number of F-A-18A classic Hornets, I guess you would call them these days, and they came into service in the mid 90s 1980s, uh, and they were uh, they've been teamed up ever since then with their uh, F-111 fleet. Now Australia is the only nation left on the planet that still operates the F-111s, but uh, they'll be pulled out of service at the end of this year. And the uh, these are blocked to F-A-18F Super Hornets. Yeah, they're being brought in as a stopgap measure to give us a bit of extra strike capability. And uh, I'm, I'm sure some of our fighter pilots in the Royal Australian Air Force will be uh, relishing the thought of uh, being able to get into a, a vastly upgraded Hornet. Now, Grant, uh, another article here, a follow-up from an article that we did last week on our favourite airline here at the podcast, Tiger Airways, uh, talking about uh, their plans to expand their fleet. Uh, We have another article from the Australian newspaper this week, also by Steve Creedy, and uh, it's bricked some interesting figures from their PR department, so I'll just read the article. Tiger Airways will expand its Australian fleet by adding a seventh aircraft, an A320, later this year. The airline estimates that the new aircraft, to be based in Melbourne, will add 500,000 seats, or 20 25% 25% more capacity at its Telemarine Airport operations. That's a lot of seats, Grant. Yeah, I think I think they're going to have that one little aircraft going back and forth a hell of a lot. Yeah, that's, <laughs> gee whiz, I have to keep the maintenance up on it. Tiger Airways today also said that, that recruitment of an additional 30 pilots and cabin crew was already underway and that the aircraft would operate by the start of the Australian summer. Just in time to help make their uh, reality TV show look better. Yes, they're also doing their reality TV show now. Uh, uh, Grant and I were talking before we started recording. Um, I am going to watch it. Grant is not going to watch it, so I'll let you know how that looks next week. I think I believe it's made by the same people that uh, made the uh, airline series in the UK and uh, Airline USA, which followed Southwest Airlines. I'll tell you, I've watched every episode of all of those. Those of you who know me will be unsurprised. Oh, dear, 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 dear. And that's the pick of the stories we have here from the Airplane Geeks Australia desk this week. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Steve Vischer, all one word, or you can check out my blog, which is www.ozflyer.com. And you can follow me on Twitter as Falcon124 and if you want to find out why I'm called that you can go and check it out on my blog which is at flymefriendly.com and go there and you'll find the story of where that name came from. If you've been enjoying uh, what we've been uh, producing here for you on the Airplane Geeks podcast for the last few weeks we've decided that uh, we're going to have a go at uh, doing the longer version as a separate podcast and uh, we're going to call that Plane Crazy Down Under so the website is planecrazydownunder.com So you can check there if uh, if you'd like to hear a longer version of what we've recorded we often find that it does run a bit long and we have to chop several articles out just for the next few weeks we're going to put the longer version up on our on that website and we'd appreciate any comments and feedback that uh, you could send our way uh, we'd really appreciate it and the email address for that would be plancrazydownunder at gmail.com and don't worry folks we're still going to be doing the australia desk segment for the airplane geeks we can't stop doing that because especially as the airplane geeks has a better coverage than we do that's very true we'll talk to you again next week folks have a good one